0: From the PSA, ASI Safer at Home Studios in Netherland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And have we got a panel discussion for you today. Dave Shuling, Rick Lyons, Pete Allison, Jill Chumley. Uh, we're going to be talking about quality assurance and enhancement. Thank you all for taking the time to chat with us. Great to be here, George.
1: Thanks, George.
0: Dave, let's start with you. I'd really like for you to uh, introduce what this program is about and how this group was brought together.
2: All right, you bet, George. Thanks. Yeah. So QAE, as it's called, uh, yet another acronym for our association. We're, we're good at those. But quality assurance and enhancement is, is, a, is a component of a bigger system in our effort for strategic alignment across all of our discipline standards within the association. So right now what we're working on um, is basically consistency across all of our standards in terms based off of the learning connection model and identifying three primary skill sets of people skills, teaching skills, and technical skills. We recognize that teaching is teaching and great interpersonal skills is certainly um, attributes that all instructors have and therefore the people and teaching skills are consistent across all standards. And then each individual disciplines um, basically um, input their technical focus into those particular standards as we have new snowboard and Alpine standards being proposed this summer to the board of directors, we are then wanting to take it to the next step. And once we have consistency, we need to maintain that consistency we need to hold ourselves accountable for that consistency. So setting up a quality assurance program is something that will be ongoing that we will use to make sure that we're measuring whether or not we are consistent. And I like one of the things I saw in the article about this
0: of consistency minimizes confusion. That
2: made a lot of sense.
0: (laughs) So Dave, how did this group come together?
2: Well, everybody in this particular panel is a member of the Education Leadership Council, or the ELC. And basically, those are representatives from each division that kind of are the main communication conduit uh, amongst all of the divisional discipline task forces back to the kind of the national task forces. So, you know, across all of our standards of Alpine snowboard, cross-country, telemark, uh adaptive snowboard and alpine and then our specialist programs children's and freestyle we have quite a bit of activity going on and programs going on and in order to keep those things consistent the elc really is the main driver of communication between all of those groups at the divisional level and back to the national level and the elc is charged with oversight if you will on all of our educational initiatives and so, setting up quality assurance and enhancement program as kind of a template to guide all of the divisions is is one of one of many things the ELC is working
0: on at
3: the moment.
2: Now,
0: Rick, can you share your involvement in the strategic alignment effort?
1: That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: why I reserved it for you. <laughs> I, I I talk.
4: I talk to people. Uh, so I. You know, I started out moons back uh, with the Alpine Task Force and working with that crew of people uh, at developing. We we worked through and developed and released the 2014 standard, and we've been going on from there knowing that the uh, learning connection model was coming forward. We saw uh, evidence of that from uh, Interskis, the two passenger's keys and what was going to go on. And we knew that there's going to be an impact uh, from the learning connection model relative to how we go about uh, our processes in examining and whatnot. Uh, that to, to bring in the elements from the technical areas, the people areas, and the teach areas, those skill sets, as Dave put it uh, earlier, and where previously standards had been written up in a manner where we talk about skiing, teaching, and professional knowledge. Uh, And so there's gonna be some sort of transformation that needed to happen as a result uh, of that to to incorporate the learning connection model framework into the standard systems. And so uh, my participation has been basically since 2012, uh, going through and working with uh, peer groups in the Alpine task force arena primarily to uh, work through what what do we think those standards need to be, what are our core beliefs across the country and get more consistency collaboration and cooperation between divisions on how we do our processes and how we assess and, and are consistent with that information uh, among our peer peer groups so that uh, so it's been a long journey. Uh, at this point, and we're right here at the threshold of actually seeing a lot of years of work come forward in in connection with the strategic alignment plan to be able to get everything moving forward.
0: Jill, same question, how about you?
1: What is the second question here? Oh, same question you said? Yes. Uh, well, my involvement's just been through I guess, the ELC and and before that with the children's group when we were back doing fall conferences that were just sort of less uh, maybe structured than they are now. But um, as a member of the ELC, I'm uh, on the QAE task force with Dave Gregory and Pete and Josh, and I think that's everyone, Um, and just trying to, I guess, brainstorm and come up with what those – uh, systems might look like, and information that we'll need to track data and, you know, find out if we are, in fact, giving a quality product and, and if divisions are doing that as well um, across, across the, the country. So that's where I'm sort of working from. Uh, Pete, how about your involvement?
3: Well, um my involvement with the ELC has been for the last three and a half years, something like that. And um I guess my my involvement is to ask questions. Um that seems to be the kind of main role I think that I play in, and ask questions and try and make suggestions that are as constructive as possible about how we might progress alignment and things that we might think about and explore ways and systems to to um, to address those kind of questions. Those, for example, um, questions about how we know what good practice is um, and then how we might share that across divisions or how we all interpret the standards, whether it be the previous national standards or the current national standards, consistently, because inevitably there are different interpretations of uh, any kind of statement once you involve 32,000 people in those statements and so we're kind of trying to explore ways that that might look and think about systems that are both effective but also practical and not too cumbersome because it's easy to create cumbersome systems but we want to create systems that are um, you know practical and and reasonably easy to apply but also um, that have big positive impact not that are policing anything. Uh, Dave Pete just
0: mentioned 32,000 members. What does all this behind the scenes work really mean to
2: us? (laughs) Yeah, well, 32,000 members and eight different regional divisions, if you will, uh, delivering then the educational products. And so we've got a vast country in in, in size, as well as membership. And so um, keeping consistency and alignment is um, you know, it's an ongoing challenge, but uh, we're feeling as though, we, you know, we've got kind of the, the strength of, of utilizing all of the education leaders within each division and then bringing everybody together to work on this. And uh, we literally, uh, you know, as Rick mentioned, we've had national standards for decades and um, And this is the very first time we've, we've looked across all of our disciplines to to literally scrape them down and and build them back up from the ground up um, utilizing the power of, of, of all of the, um, you know, the minds from uh, across multiple disciplines as opposed to just focusing in one primary discipline and building standards. So it's, it's, it's amazingly powerful and, you know, and in the end too, it's, instead of eight different divisional groups trying to do this work, we're, we're really kind of pulling together, uh, working together to create more of a consistent kind of national uh, alignment project or program or system, as Jill mentioned. System is a great word, word for what we're building here.
0: Rick, just from the point of view of an examiner, what is this like for you to really feel like, wow, there's gonna be consistency in our exams from division to division? Well the cool thing
4: for me has been actually working directly with other examiners and other divisions to to start to see I mean we we have known that we we have consistently assessed to a very similar bar what's going on. There's perceptions because our processes are different division to division, that there's there's a, a lot of difference. And one of the things that I noticed long time back, and actually I think it was Rob Sogard mentioned it, was if you go and you look at the people in this room and we're talking meeting at the national level, we're pretty close to each other as far as where we, where we evaluate, assess and, and our, our belief where the standard is. When you go back to your prospective areas, there may be a little bit more diversity even within your exam pool based off of training and, and the amount of time that they spend with it. Uh, and maintaining their 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 alignment with what's going on. And so for me as an examiner looking at this, you know this is I, I think it's awesome that this the process that I go through and the standard that I leverage is the same that Gregory's going to do in his area or that anybody else or Jill or wherever we're doing this is, is the same and the more the more that we are working to the same standard, we're seeing, more common language utilized and more, uh, common processes, uh, starting to evolve out of the,
0: out of the programs that's going on at this point. And Jill, I was kind of the same thing with the children's program is, is this, uh, really a new thing for kids programs?
1: No, you know, people we've been comparing kind of how we do what we're assessing or comparing how we're assessing, I guess, since the beginning, I mean, even since the this children's became a national, um, came out with a national standard for, for the children's specialist programs, and even before that, like, it, it was all the same information, and it was similarly assessed, and just being, you know, through meeting and, and having events like fall conferences, and then an examiner exchanges or clinician exchanges, whatever the for children's... Um, that has always kind of put us more on the same page and also been able to borrow best practices and this is just sort of formalizing that um and the other part i think in the children's realm that that is um notable is that we've been able to kind of look at what exactly does the children's entail is it really just looking at children is it looking at teaching and and with the whole um you know, start of the learning connection model, looking at teaching and people skills. It's really been able to tease out what children's more um, all about and how it, it fits into the bigger picture of snow sports. So, um, yeah, I guess that got into a bigger, <laughs> a larger picture than, than my original question was. But, you know, I like Rick said, it's, it's looking at the same stuff. It's just a little more formalized and I think explicit and well, we found that even in the Alpine world, looking at what we've been doing process-wise to assess those standards, this is like, oh, yeah, we're, we have been looking at that, but it's not explicitly shown in our, our process, or it's not named out for the participant as well as it should be. And so I think that's what this QAE is doing, is just making us realize the limitations of how we've been setting things up. Um, on any of the disciplines and how we can be more on the same page and just look a little more transparent and, and um, congruent between divisions.
0: Thank you, Jill. Uh, Dave, can you give us an overview of the six-point scale?
2: When we looked at different processes for assessment across all the different divisions, there were a whole variety of different ways that um, essentially the scoring was happening, everything from pass-fail multiple point scales Um, and so we've arrived at a six point scale of assessment to uh, first of all that the the, the first step is that it's a consistent system so we've got a now we have a measuring stick that is consistent across all the disciplines Um, and it also is very helpful as a feedback loop back to the person who is being assessed whether it's in an exam or whether it's it's in a training environment instead of just simply you did it or you didn't do it, it you know there's there's levels in between of of awesomeness you know at a six and um um you know take up another occupation at more of a one i'm oh, actually just joking but level one is essential elements you know are really not appearing you know and so based on the criteria and then at, at you know a two is those elements are are beginning to appear, um, but they certainly aren't even close to enough consistency to to show skillfulness. And then all the way up to six, is the elements or the criteria is is, is present at a superior level.
0: So, Rick, Jill, how do you see the six point scale uh, helping in your assessments? I mean, Dave really touched on that, but again, as people who are out doing the uh, actual assessing, I'd love to hear your opinions on that, Jill.
1: Yeah, we've we've actually, in NRM, been in the six-point scale um, with Alpine for quite a while. And and then I think Snowboard and Freestyle and even Children's sort of tried to jump in. With Children's, we hadn't been using a numbered sports system, um, but it really was a lot easier to implement than we originally thought. Um, And actually, it it just gives you a little more understanding of of ownership across disciplines as well. So it was actually a lot easier to implement in areas where we hadn't been previously. And it also um, helps us all nationally be on the same page, because, you know, theoretically, if you get a a four which is the passing score in one division and you were someone else received a four in another division you would on the same elements right the assessment criteria um for a certain learning outcome then then theoretically you would be at a similar level where it's passing and so it's just measuring apples to apples um a little more uh similarly than you know maybe we're comparing two different kinds of apples before or something, if you were going to use that analogy. So yeah, I'll let Rhett jump
4: in. Yeah, so for, in the past for, we, you know, have had basically pass fail in information, and so when you're communicating stuff with people, it's like, okay, you did it or you didn't do it, and they're like, well, how well did I do it type of information, and using the six-point scale gives you a little bit more capability to uh, give them some more specific feedback as far as where relative to the measuring stick, as Dave put it, they, they actually lie. Uh, so, you know, if you're a three or a four, you're kind of right there at the, you know, at the, at the zone, uh, you know, of making it or not making it in. Whereas if you're a two or a five, it's a little bit different level of skillfulness that's being demonstrated. Uh, And so that starts to give you a little bit more distinct feedback Now we've used, we've used the six point scale now for two seasons going forward, uh, just in the Northwest division. And it's actually gotten, it has helped people to to identify uh, more effectively where people are landing
2: relative to the standards. You know, and George, relating to QAE, you talk about 32,000 members and you talk about consistency. If we have a consistent measurement stick and consistent criteria, we've got some really powerful metrics across 32,000 folks, or or at least people that are doing, taking assessments. And uh, instead of just looking at maybe one particular region, we can now um, look at bigger chunks in terms of metrics, and it, it informs us on how we're doing basically. How is our training supporting our assessment? You know, if we're starting to see um, some particular scores, maybe low in in certain areas, you know, what can we do to kind of um, bring those up a little bit? And how can we compare a whole variety of different metrics across um, past fail rates and things like that in different categories? So that's just uh, an example of, of one component of what quality assurance could be looking at. Uh, data
0: i mean pete what dave just said really to me adopting the common language this is going to change a lot i mean it, not only just exams but our training
3: I, I mean i'm hoping that it um is is helps to improve training you know i mean a lot of the training that goes on of course is excellent um, and nobody's saying that there's anything wrong with what's happening um but i think that this common language should help um the training within snow sports schools, um, but it should also um, help us to have that shared language that means that, um, for example, candidates going through the system might be able to watch a video of themselves, perhaps if they're thinking about, for example, the technical skills, um, and be able to use the new national standards to then score themselves on that scale. Um, And that that process is, of course, a learning process in and of itself, but also helps to bring greater transparency um, to the whole process. So I think that's um, that should be something that we're all welcoming um, and, and it should make um, all, all of that much, much clearer for everybody involved, for examiners, for snow sports schools and for candidates. Um, I think there's a kind of, as, as Dave kind of alluded to there, there's this kind of broader data um, database which will be um, of great use in identifying themes and patterns and so if we think about those um, themes themes and patterns that run across within divisions and then across divisions what we can spot through that are places where people might not be training to the standards in the best way or interpreting the standards um, in, in the way in which they were intended uh, we might find places where the standards need to be amended or adjusted, um, but we might also find divisional differences and opportunities for sharing good practices and that kind of thing. Um, so I think there's a there's a whole lot within those data um, that we're going to be able to use. For example, you know we know um, we know that taking um, your CS1 before you progress to your um level two is helpful because it enhances your teaching but what we don't know is um <clears throat> if it's helpful to take that closer or if it's helpful to take it as soon as you finish finished your level one and then to have a gap and let that learning consolidate for example uh, we we don't know um i mean we have some preliminary data from some divisions uh, but we don't know for sure whether um, it is better for people to take um, assessments in the spring um, than it is to take them in the fall. Intuitively, one might think it is because we've we've had a season behind us and we've got our we've got our riding legs on and we've, we're kind of tuned in, uh, we're warmed up, if you like. Um, but there may be, um, but that may may or may not be the case. That's just intuition and speculation going on. So we should be able to find, to collate data that helps us with all of those things and identify those themes. Dave, all, can you... all of that in itself should, sorry, all of that in itself, I suppose, should reassure the membership of the standards and the quality of what's going on. Sorry. Dave, can you give us a little summary
0: of QAE? And, uh, I mean, this has got to feel really rewarding that this has come together and we're able to, uh, introduce it now
2: to the membership yeah you bet it is, it's really exciting back in 2009 we actually started uh, an examiner exchange program where uh, in the spirit of best practices we recognized that we probably should start visiting each other a little bit more and observing each other doing evaluations and assessment and learning from each other and that's kind of how this whole thing really started. Um, back then, exchanges have continued, and they've continued to make sure that the ELC we've we've made sure that we have visitation going on across all divisions, and we're just planning to continue to ramp that up even even further. So exchanges, the spirit of best practices, you know, another component we didn't talk about, but Rick's been very involved in this with the Alpine groups recently is what's called gap is gap analysis basically is taking a look at the current processes that are in play and then comparing them to the new standards that are coming and identifying where there are strengths and where there might be some areas to um, you know to continue or to add to make sure that we are complying to the new standards. So all of these things in place are um are just driving toward that initiative toward alignment and ultimately consistency and um you know it's been a it's been one of the number one things in surveys that our membership has has asked for is is that we are consistent and um ultimately the the value of the credentials that um that they that we qualify through our certifications um only gets that much more um credible uh, in in the long run. And um, we we are a professional association of, of snow sports pros. And, um, you know, that qualification means something to the membership and also the member schools who are uh, wanting to bring more and more guests and get more guests involved in snow sports. So that's what this is all about.
0: Well, Jill Chumley, Rick Lyons, Pete Allison, Dave Shuling, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank
3: you.
0: Appreciate the time, George. Always a pleasure, George. Thanks. From the PSI AASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.